Hi, I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. today folks morning's lone star 915irlonestar.com and conroe's fm 104.5 106.1 brought to you by conroe's coffee clean sweep office cleaning and centurion wealth advisors right now we're gonna be here till 11 o'clock full lineup irlonestar.com 48 degrees outside one percent chance of rain the high today is gonna be 64 low is gonna be 42 welcome back we got a full week of morning's lone star Hope you guys have recuperated from the weekend, and welcome back. Welcome back. What's going on? Welcome back, Skippy. That was for you. Thank you. It's good to be back. It was a full weekend, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm homebound this week, so you're stuck with me all week long. Wonderful. Yeah. I tuned in on Friday. When you say homebound, you mean hotel bound? Hotel bound. Hotel is my home. Although I stopped by my house last evening. Is yeah. it your house? I mean, that's what I, my my uh, theory well, is. It's not your house, and you're just waiting for the the guys to leave so you can squat back in. That's it. Dang it, <laughs> dick is on to me. No, I swung by, and some some great forward momentum has happened on it. it I was impressed. Uh, very happy. There's a, a possibility that uh, the, well, FEMA's extended us through the beginning of April, and fingers crossed, we'll be uh, that'll be the last time we'll have to be in a hotel like ever. I bet those. I bet the uh, hotel people are loving this. Oh, think about it. It's that. Uh, well, what's going to happen is the higher ups are going to be like, "You made this much money last year. You should always be making this kind of money." Yeah. Well, and, well, there was a there's an anomaly there, sir. What was that? There was a flood. Yeah, FEMA made us. I, I'm, I'm really bummed because I tried to do the whole. You know, I'm at, um, the, the hotel that I'm in has uh, you know the rewards programs. You know, for every night you stay, you get so many points. And I'm trying to convince them, listen, I know FEMA's paying for this, but give me the points, man. <laughs> I've been here for four months. That's very true. I mean, I feel like that w- would be a good uh, they, they reward no. for being there for a year. They said no, but, I, you know, it still is it's a nice place, all, all things being equal. And uh, But looking forward to moving back into my house with my big TV. My DVR is, like, down to, like, 3% because of all the shows that have been racking up that I just haven't been able to watch. So I'm trying to find stuff on Hulu that I can watch from the hotel room. But we're playing Life on Mars today, a little segue here, because a uh, headline caught my eye today. So Elon Musk, the, the head of SpaceX and Tesla, or Telsa, depending on uh, uh, who you are, uh, he's planning on actually having test flights of his Mars spaceship as early as next year. This guy does not mess around. Now, when you say test flights, do you mean like the monkey stuff, or you think PETA and stuff will get involved? Oh, I'm sure PETA would get involved, but I mean, you, know, you can do unmanned. Uh, you can probably get a clone somewhere. Well, I feel like you could get some idiot to <laughs> <Some> volunteer. <laughs> well, the, uh, it's funny you should mention that because in the, in the same speech, he said that the chances of dying in one of these early flights is pretty good. 
You still get, not you, good you, for you. You would still get, and I guarantee you would get somebody be like, oh, uh, yeah, I want to do it. I don't want to be on this earth anymore. Yeah, well, what his quote was is, is uh, for the early people that go to Mars, it will be far more dangerous. It kind of reads like uh, Shackleton. Did you ever see Shackleton, by the way, the A&D series about, with uh, Kevin Bronick? It was uh, Ernest Shackleton was the guy who, uh, uh, Antarctica, he kind of mapped it. A lot right. of people died. We're, we're just have to make a rule here. Mm-hmm. Always assume. If it's A&D, you have Well, i just never seen anything. <laughs> I've never it. heard of anything. <laughs> That way, you don't have to go through the making me look like, oh, I don't, I'm not cultured enough because I never read this book or never heard of this obscure I, I play. I got you covered. I got you covered. You just present it to the audience. You know, there's this for those great of you out story. there who don't know, there's this great story on A and E. But based on the real guy, Ernest Shackleton, who you know, a lot of people died on this expedition in Antarctica. But Musk said, uh, for the early people to go to Mars, it will be far more dangerous. It kind of reads like Shackleton's ad for Arctic explorers: difficult, dangerous. Good chance you'll die. Excitement for those who survive. And Dickie nailed it on the head. That that would get a lot of people to sign up. I wonder how many current NASA astronauts would jump ship over to SpaceX in a heartbeat. I wonder how many people would be willing to forego their morality just to volunteer for anything. In, in what ways? Well, like, say, for scientific research. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I bet you there are some people out there that be like, hey, we'll give you a, like $100,000 if you let us do whatever we want to your body. And we don't know what will be the consequence of it. Well, unfortunately, and I, this is not a big farm or rant or anything, but there are the human guinea pigs for the trials where, you know, well, those are like, they're, but they're soft. Bucks. They're soft trials. Like, yeah. that's not something where it's like, oh, hey, let's do a human condition test and let's see how long this type of acid could be on your skin. Man, you went there, didn't you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just... I, mean, I'm, no, I, I got you. I bet there are some idiots out there that would be like, yeah, sure, totally. I'd be there like, are. I'll be 100% on board, and i just just pay them $100,000 in cash. Well, just go to any uh, any person that's sending a tape to... What was that show, Jackass? Yeah. Or Johnny, well, just, they did, and they didn't get paid for that. That's what I'm saying. Just, so, just They'll do if it for Elon, free. If Elon puts up an open signature list... You know, it's funny. I thought about this. You know, if you really did put a signature list, like, hey, we want some volunteers who are just test subjects... Like, you're not really required to do anything. Maybe we'll do, like, a lost thing where you push a button every, you know, 24 minutes or whatever that show did. 108 minutes. 108 it's minutes. It's like you don't even know the show, man. Well, I, again, assume I've never seen any <laughs> show. And But, no, I think and people would sign. I bet you'd get at least a million signatures. Oh, yeah. Easy. I absolutely agree with you on that one. But, uh, so, would you go to Mars if the, if the, if the option were there? I would say no. I'm already too far along where I like my family too much. Now, if I was a young guy and I was like 15, 17, and like I didn't really have the experiences of life yet, meaning like the cycle, like people dying. Cause people, I mean, I would say, well, on average, when's the first death you experience? Usually it's a grandparent, so you're probably between, between the age like 8 and 12, maybe. See, my first grandparent passed away when I was like 17. Oh, okay. And then... The domino effect happened, and then right. everyone just kept dying. But, but I feel like after that, I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind sticking around for my parents' death because I'm morbid, and no one else is going to take care of them. Well, you know what they say: where there's a will, I want to be in it. Mm-hmm. So moving on from that, so let's go to Mars or let someone else go to Mars. But it's just exciting that he's saying, you know, test flights within the year. He, he's anticipating by 2030 we're on Mars. I could conceivably and hopefully still be alive. When we hit Mars, because I was alive when we hit the moon. Was it a six-month trip? Is that what you said? Three months, I think. Between three, three to six. Yeah. No, 
depending on the wind. Uh, <laughs> if you get a good tailwind, tail solar wind. Well, what, in Capricorn 1, it was well, three what's, months. What's strange to me about this guy, about Elon, is he makes a lot of projections on things. And if looking back at what he said, has he actually produced anything? The Tesla. Yeah, but, I mean, electric cars were around before the Tesla. That wasn't the first electric car we've ever seen. No, but the, those electric cars, truly, you plugged into the wall. Yeah, but other ones and you did, had too. Like 20, well, you had, like, 30 minutes worth of... Other one, in the 80s and 90s, they had electric cars. Yeah, and you plugged them in the wall. Yeah, so it wasn't and anything they lasted revolutionary. Like 30 minutes. But it's still, I mean, the same concept. Well, he just improved on a concept. Well, yeah, it's... So, but, like, I want to see his hyper tubes. Like, I want to see if those really work. Those, the, 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 the underground... Yeah, for Buses some, for some like reason, LA let some crazy man build tunnels because your know, infrastructure isn't already horrible in LA due to earthquakes. Now, hold on a second. Isn't this how like most Bond villains get oh, yeah. started? Is Elon Musk a Bond villain? Yeah, it, it totally could be. It'd be great. That'd be a great. You know what? You know what's funny is I bet if someone did make a Bond film and did mimic the villain off of that, I wonder if anyone would get it. It depends on the writer. Because there's a couple of villains that you could say in hindsight that, like, oh, they're making fun of this world leader or mm. they're making fun of, you know, this specific person. But. Well, we, we talked about that. Like, in the original Star, uh, Star Trek series, uh, the Klingons were the Russians, the Soviets. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, that's, and the Romulans were the Chinese. Well, that's how, you, Chinese. that's how when someone gets invested in a show is because they see things that are somewhat similar to what is real life. Because, you know, everyone thinks they're Klingons sometimes. Because they speak it. Now people memorize it. Yeah, I mean, like, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> get out of here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Morning's Lone Star. We're glad to be back. You can call in at 936-647-3776 or message on Facebook. Morning's Lone Star. It's just going to be skipping out today, so we'd love for you to chime in. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002 offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Welcome back. We're broadcasting live from Mars. Mornings with Lone Star. IRLoneStar.com with Skippy. Okay, it's pretty interesting today. We were talking about going to Mars. It's uh, apparently a real deal with our buddy Elon. Our buddy Elon, my buddy Elon. This going to be a new but movie. No, I'm totally serious. I want to see him actually produce something. I know we can't. We didn't really wrap hmm. that segment up because, I mean, he's got the tube. He's got the hyper tube. He's got SpaceX. He's got Mars. Well, now, he has developed the returnable rocket because that's the whole basis so of they, I mean, that's, that's great, I guess. I think that's more of the large-scale things. I don't see it, but I, I get it. It's like the baby steps to achieve Well, because he's been able to slash the price well, of space travel to pennies on the dollar as so, a result. Well, good for him. Yeah. I'm Team Elon. Wait, wait, Go, Elon. Wait till he has his first accident and someone dies and he gets sued. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's what's going to happen. It happened with NASA in the early days. I wonder what, what they do 
if they uh, sign that, like what kind of release clause would it look like to go to Mars? And what kind of release clause do you think it would be? Uh, we'll give like your survivors a million dollars each and just, you know, y you signed up for it. And and that's the thing. The, chump. <laughs> it's well, got to end with chump. Think about, you know, the right stuff. You know, the, the early guys, Jaeger, uh, Glenn, uh, all these people who, you know, when when the Gemini and um, Mercury programs came out, they didn't even know who the pilots would be. They were talking about race car drivers because they were used to G-forces and quick turns uh, or stunt pilots, you know, to, to have naval aviators be kind of like the, 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 the forerunners was not the first idea. And these were adrenaline junkies to the max. They knew every time they went up in the air, you know, plummeted exponentially with each. Well, they're also trained. I'm talking about like they just get some, the million people we're speaking about, like, hey, sign up. Oh, those are the ones that you just stick in the in the habitation pod, and and knock out with 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 you know anesthesia. Don't even well, bother with suspended animation. Well, their biggest fear is the uh, being able to test tube babies because we wouldn't need them to colonize someplace. We would just we would probably just have trained professionals to take care of these test tube babies. Are you trying to tell me that? All these astronauts, male and female, on a distant planet are not going to attempt to part. Yes. Yes. So uh, we were uh, talking about um, uh, this this documentary, which is very fascinating. Dick has sold me on it. So watch Icarus on uh, on Netflix. And, and well, it, one thing I liked about it was it introduced this guy. Introduced this guy who's just larger than life. That Gregory D from Russia, it's just, it, it, it's, he's just a likable guy. But what was strange, though, and I don't know if it was his miscommunication or his dark side, was he never really talked about doing the doping. Like, he didn't admit it until, like, later in the show. When they first met, he basically just said, I'll help you with your cause. You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting what you're trying to do, and I'll help you. And he's like, but just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it until you get to Moscow. You know, because he was going to go to Moscow after he did the race in Italy, and so that was that was kind of the, the strange thing because clearly this guy knew what he was supposed to be doing, and uh, but the, the scariest part about it is they go into his back backstory, where he was arrested for doing what he was doing because basically, uh, I think it was either in the eighties that China was the largest producer of steroids, and the IOC the the Olympic Committee basically mm -hmm. said, "Hey, if you want to host host the Olympics, you got to stop producing so much steroids because it's kind of obvious what's going on." And so that kind of stopped. At least pretend, people. <laughs> well, that's what stopped the flow of steroids to Russia, and that's where he Gregory got involved. Where he didn't like where the he likes clean steroids. That's his defense, and he started doing his own because he didn't want his athletes to get impurities and stuff like that. And then he got caught, basically, and they threw him under the bus, so he went to jail. He was in jail for, like, four years. And then, but he was so good at his job that they got him out of jail to, <laughs> and when the new initiative came saying they wanted you to win all this stuff, which they did. That was the craziest thing. was, like, Russia, like, I think for the two Olympics they were, they were doing the doping campaign, they won the most gold medals. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I thought that was pretty cool.
So uh, we were talking off the air, like the, the big story in the headlines today is uh, the accidents, uh, helicopter accidents, and uh, where a helicopter crashed into New York City's uh, East River. Uh, and unfortunately, some people died. Uh, the only survivor is the, uh, the, the pilot of this. And, you know, a lot of, lot of speculation what's going on. Of course, we will find out what happened. Um, but one thing that's just striking with me when they said they, you know, they hauled up the helicopter, it was upside down underwater. And I think I've told you this before, uh, in one of my old lives, uh, I had to get trained to be able to fly out to oil rigs to take videos. And that included that, that water survival training. So I had to spend all day in this, at this facility out in Katy where, you know, you take all the tests, they show you all the equipment, they teach you how to do this and that, but then the second half of the day was actual water survival where you're in, you know, this big honking swimming pool with no discernible bottom. You know, it's not like the you got three feet and five feet and ten feet. No, I mean, this is like the abyss beneath me. And, like, they'd throw you in there and teach you how to turn your jumpsuit into a flotation device. That's why, you know, the, the arms and sleeves were Velcroed, so you could do them tight, and then you breathe into the neck to puff it up. Or, you know, they start throwing debris in there. So you grab on an ice cooler. And, and that was not so bad. You know, I could live with that. I, I, I have a healthy, healthy respect for water. Uh, but then came the helicopter simulation where they strap you into this, this thing. And I actually took a, I had a, someone take a YouTube video of it where seven dunks in various scenarios. And one of them that I had to do, well, two of them I had to do is where the, the, Thing, the simulator goes in the water and then flips upside down and you have to get out of it. And that messed me up. So I feel, I mean, I feel for these people just, just knowing that because it's all academic. And I was telling the, the instructor, you can teach me this all you want, but if this were a real thing, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. I'm going to, I'm going to panic and, and just breathe it in. But because uh, you're weak minded, I am weak minded, but I'll, well, here's the thing after the fourth dunk, I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. There's no way I can do this. And they talked me through it said, listen, you're over halfway. You can do it. Uh, great, great support there. I can't remember the name of the place. And I did end up getting certified. But just that water comes up pretty darn fast. I'm, you know, just I feel for these people. Um, there is a question, you know, why this is, this is dominating the headlines. And um, I think, unfortunately, it's sad but true. Uh, if this were in the San Jacinto River, uh, you know, down or the Brazos River down in Richmond, Rosenberg, this would not be all over the news. I think is it's a slow news day combined with uh, uh, New York, and again, not 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 lessening the deaths of the five people involved, but uh, now I have a feeling the media attention on this is going to make. Now we're going to have inquests into helicopter safety, and and it's just going to take the narrative away from from other stuff. That's my personal take on that. And the personal use of Skippy may or may not necessarily reflect the personal use of Lone Star Community Radio. Well, it is a strange story to circulate in the media. Well, if you look at the other headlines, uh, you know, you pick one, I'll pick the other. We're kind of flipping through. It is a slow news day. You know, I got on one outlet. Um, people are asking uh, the, the guy that runs the Church of Scientology, like many years ago, his wife, like, disappeared from yeah. public view. And... Leah Ramey, the actress who who left Scientology, she's like, oh, this gal's dead. And they're saying, no, nah, she's just in one of our islands and under, you know, a vow of silence kind of thing. It's not new news. Uh, Elon Musk is there. Of course, we already talked about him. But here's something that's also in the headline. This is kind of, uh, we can turn this into a conversation. OJ, back in the, back in the news again, OJ Simpson. Okay. 
So apparently, you know, now the man already wrote this book called If I Did It. And it was kind of a, if I did do it, this is how I would have done it, which I think you need to have a couple of brain cells missing to, to go that route. Um, I did love how the fact how uh, Goldman's family, you know, Ron Goldman was also killed along with Nicole Simpson, his okay. ex-wife. And if, if those who don't, who, who don't remember, O.J. Simpson, former football player and actor, uh, and Hertz, rent-a-car spokesman, uh, was... Uh, put on trial for the murders of his ex-wife and Ron Goldman, who were stabbed pretty pretty gnarly. And he was in this trial that lasted about a year under Judge Lance Ito, was found not guilty, largely, in my opinion, because the prosecutor, Marsha Clark, really kind of just fumbled the ball on many. Uh, you know, first rule of, of going to trial, don't ask a question that you don't know the answer to. And what... I think sunk it for her was the whole gloves thing. I don't know if you remember this, but... No, I don't. I was probably like six years old when this was happening. She presented the murder gloves and and told him, put them on, put them on. And so he made this big show that they wouldn't fit. They were too small. Now, and then that was the whole thing. And then the dream team, his his defense team, which include, uh, included Johnny Cochran and Robert Kardashian, who was the, the head of the Kardashian clan at the time, Turn into a, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. And I thought, you know, I can, I'm an actor. I can fake, these pants are too tight when they're not, you know, so that, that was, but that kind of sunk it for her. So criminally, he was found not guilty. Civilly, he was found liable for their death. And we talked about there's a difference in the standard. So he was up for like $30 million in fines. And his whole stance was, well, good luck ever getting it from me. So Goldman's family got a, uh, a, a liens put on basically any money you make, we get, or we get to own whatever you do. Well, Simpson wrote this book called If I Did It. Goldman's family came in and were able to completely take over the book. Not only did they get all the sales, but they also designed the, the, the cover. So it basically says, I did it, and then little bitty words in the first letter is if. So I did it by O.J. Simpson. So this is a guy who has already gone there. Well, apparently recently... He um, had an interview where he talked about a hypothetical of killing them, laughing during it, and then, like, in the interview being asked questions where he would say, I, I don't recall, like he was there. It's like, well, if you, how can you not recall this is a hypothetical? <laughs> you weren't there. So now double double jeopardy is attached to where he can't be put on trial again. In fact, if he wanted to, he could confess and criminally nothing would happen to him. But well, he's still getting people talking about him. And that's the that's kind of the punchline of this. He's years, decades later, this man is when's he making car dealership appearances? (laughs) Hey, it could be like, you know, the the cell phone company that got the old spokesman. You you know, Paul, can you hear me now? And he's talking they can. You can get like Avis saying, "Hi, I'm OJ Simpson. I used to be Hertz's spokesman." Yeah, I'm gonna wish I pay that that Verizon guy <laughs> a lot of money. Hopefully, I think. right for that one gig he had, and he got paid twice. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio 957. We gotta be taking a break. We'll be back, so stay tuned. Contact.
Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936 266 7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star.
Lone Star Community Radio presents the Lone Star Radio Troupe. This talented cast will perform radio plays right here in the Lone Star Studios located in downtown Conroe. There will be a new performance every first Sunday of the month. And if you miss the broadcast, just go to Lone Star Community Radio's podcast or YouTube anytime during that month. Go to our LoneStar.com archives to find the Lone Star Radio Troupe's latest play that's available. This is Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's 104.5 FM and 106.1 FM Community Station. Find us on the web at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is a supporter to the performing arts in Montgomery County, Texas. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving a client's wealth while guiding their customers to their financial goals. Centurion Wealth Advisors is where clients' concerns get addressed and help them start to breathe easier. Centurion Wealth Advisors is in downtown Conroe, Texas, and can be reached online at centurionwa.net or by phone at 936-756-1974. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving a client's wealth while guiding their customers to their financial goals. Centurion Wealth Advisors is where clients' concerns get addressed and help them start to breathe easier. Centurion Wealth Advisors is in downtown Conroe, Texas, and can be reached online at centurionwa.net or by phone at 936-756-1974. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW Lope Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theatre and the Owen Theatre, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-266. 7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. It's a show. 
Welcome back. Good morning's Lone Star. It's 10.05. We're already in our second hour. I can't believe it. It's Monday morning and we are just rocking and rolling. Fueled by Conroe Coffee. Thanks much. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Thank you for cleaning up our studio. And Centurion Wealth Advisors. Hey, if I had money, I'd give it to you guys so you could take care of it for me. Oh, hey, you know what I wanted to talk to you about? What's that? Are the poor reviews Wrinkle in Time's getting? I saw. I'm, I'm, Did you see the movie yet? I have not seen the movie. I was a little busy this weekend. Uh, I still want to see it, but I think I'm going to have to go in with low expectations. I mean, it got real bad. I know. Reviews. I know. Well, uh, what I heard is that it, apparently the director took some artistic choices or uh, that is once again trying to make it an analogy of today's America. Well, I, was, I, I found it interesting that Disney, of all companies, decided to do an interpretation of a Christian-heavy-themed book. Right. Because I, I, Just because I, 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 mean, I feel like Disney always tries to placate to everybody. Mm-hmm. And in a book that's been around for so long that has like just been wildly influenced by Christian themes, I was like, well, how can they make a movie? with like When they did Narnia, I was like, how are they doing this without— you know, doing the, the doing the book, right? And they didn't screw it up that bad. There was some parts that were completely like out of the movie, but I'm just personally a little weary. I think is the best phrase of it. It's I call it again sloppy writing or just just simple writing of I want to make a statement about uh, uh, the state of America today or the current administration. So we're going to instead of Kamazots being a uh, society that's been taken over by an evil creature. We're going to give that evil creature a funky hairdo and slightly orange skin. And maybe people will get that what we're trying to, you know, it's, it's, I get it. People, you don't like the administration. You want to make a statement, but it's, uh, it's funny every year, um, Rice university in Houston, they have what's called the Baker Shakespeare festival and they audition directors uh, to, to select a Shakespeare play to put on. And it's funny because, They've told me that every year there's some coming in. Oh, yeah, I want to do Romeo and Juliet, but it's the Republicans versus the Democrats. Just where you think it's this brand new idea, and it's not. It, it truly isn't. Um, it, it's been done to death. And I, that's, what, so that's what I've heard about A Wrinkle in Time. I will watch it. I will try to enjoy it because, you know, I love the story so much. But I, I feel it's going to be like star trek discovery or every comedy show now known to mankind where it's just the same thing it's, it's that we that we've heard before so a little bummed I, I wanted it to be uh much more than yeah so when i saw that i was thinking of you thank and, you and uh <laughs> i wanted to rub it in your face no i'm just kidding uh, no. No, it, it, apparently <laughs> it does uh it does provide some gems of like memes and stuff like that and uh, it's just it's unfortunate too because that was going to be the next movie t- before the summer that was going to be you know take, right. take, like, supposed to be the black big panther one. to do that and then unfortunately it's not so. and here's the thing is uh disney owns marvel apparently right now yes and so black panther is a disney movie so they're going is it disappointing that wrinkling time only got 33 million compared to black panther's 45 million and they said well no we're both disney so it's a win-win i mean they actually said it's a win-win and it's they they could have put well if anything it shows that there really is talent in the movie industry where you you trust the director and you put something out there that people want to see instead of like because that's probably the biggest complaint I have for anything that's uh, like basically a remake or an adaptation like you're always gonna piss somebody off mm-hmm. no matter what 
But you don't want to piss off the core fan base. Yes. And there's ways to, and there's there's a smart way to do it and there's there's not a smart way to Even do it. Even Peter Jackson, a smart way he uh got Arwen involved in the Lord of the Rings movie. You, you know, he placated, okay, we're going to put a woman in the fellowship, but they're not going to you know, not really being the fellowship. Yeah. Well, previous incarnations were saying, you know, we're going to have change Legolas to a female or, or stuff like that. Um, so it worked. But then let's go over to The Hobbit and Jackson kind of um, uh, uh, dropped the ball on that one. Basically created a completely out of the blue character. Yeah. And relationship to go with it. The, the, the love between the, the elf and the dwarf. It was just it was there for I, I don't know why it was there. There was no reason to well, create that. Well, you have to ask the question, like, what when they're sitting there in the round table, going like, "Hey, let's make this movie," and someone suggests that, I'd be like, "I'm, I'm shocked that no one, no one looked at me like, no, like that's stupid." <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think it was Jackson who came up with it, so you can't yeah. tell the producer and director. And you know, he had a leg to stand on. He, he, he did successfully complete Lord of the Rings, which I think was a, a fantastic well, it, series. Well, what's strange to me is that you make those decisions based off of. A I imagine attracting different audiences, but you're going off Lord of the Rings. So regardless of what you make, you're going to have a good return base. Mm-hmm. So why change anything? Yeah, absolutely agree with you on now, that. Now, if one. it was a, a standalone movie, never, no one's ever heard of anything like this. Maybe, maybe. But then again, I bet there's not even movies out there that like I don't. When I go see movies with Holly, that she maybe wants to go see, like for example, Fifty Shades of Grey. Like there were. They, you could tell they try to do some guy things in it where, like, oh, there's a chase scene or, like, there's fancy car, you know, whatever. I, I didn't really I, – I didn't care because right at the beginning I thought this movie was ridiculous. <laughs> so there was, it wasn't like, oh, finally, they're in a, they're in a fast car and they're going to be you know, being chased. Cool. But no. Yeah, don't so know. don't go out of your way to tick off the uh, your primary audience there. Uh, so I will I will watch Wrinkle in Time. I, in fact, I have a, a I think I have a free movie coupon pass in my in my wallet. I may uh... still go see it. I mean, I don't know. I think it was it's similar to the complaints for Beauty and the Beast, which I saw because I took my daughter because we went to the sing along version, which is cool because all the dads in the audience we well, were singing guest you're, on. You're lucky then because you you masked the sound of uh, Bell. Oh, Emma Watson was awesome as Hermione Granger. Is Bell? <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. No, fine actress, I guess, you know. I just didn't see her as Belle. Too, too many times I've seen like, oh, she's the most beautiful woman on the planet, and I, I don't see it. I never saw Robin Wright as, you know, in Princess Bride. Buttercup's supposed to be like the most beautiful woman on the planet. Robin Wright's got good facial structure, I guess, you know, high cheekbones, but I just don't see it. On that one. Well, I mean, that, and that depends on how you interpret because you could think about it as never-ending story. When the princess is just, the way they presented her in that movie was just over the top. She's really bright, she glows, and she has the rosy cheeks and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when you use the word, she's the most beautiful woman in the world, that's who I think, if I'm going to write that on paper, what does that look like? Well, it just looks like somebody who's over the top, not, oh, she looks naturally beautiful. It has to right. be, like, presented as this woman's ridiculous. Yeah. Is that is that what you're trying to – that's what you're hoping for? Yeah. You know, someone ridiculous just I, – I, and I, don't get me wrong. I love natural beauty. I'm not saying that you got to get all, you know, made up and stuff. There is natural beauty. Just for Robin Wright myself, I just never saw. Well, it, I, that's about the interpretation, and that's why, like, the movie we're just talking about, Wrinkle in Time, apparently failed. A lot of the, a lot of the folks who love that story – 
pretty much majority of them hate this movie. And I hate it, but they just like, it's just poor, poorly done. And apparently it's just a nonsense mess. So I, was, I, I want you to go see it, and you can tell me, because it seems like you know the story pretty, like, beat for beat. Oh, yeah. It'd be great for you to see it and, like, like what do they miss here? What's going on? Because they had a huge budget, over $100 million, and they have wonderful actresses and actors in it. So I'm, I'm, I am interested to see what they did wrong, because it's similar to, like, the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie was was supposed to be one of those movies of the new wave of, like, acceptance, and it's going to be the way we teach our kids, but the movie just failed, mainly because it has way too many ads in it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will watch it. Uh, hey, maybe you know I'll circle my weight and getting on the ticket stub. But uh, yeah, what? Uh, yeah, I know the book uh, like word for word. In fact, uh, it starts off with a uh, an actual end joke. It starts off with it was a dark and stormy night. And for those who don't know, that was a uh, uh, the first sentence of a novel uh, Paul Clifford written by Edward Bulwer Lytton. In fact, there's a, a yearly contest on who can come up with the worst fake opening of a novel. So it's funny how she purposely took the worst novel in existence, the first line from it, and put it into her book. But, yeah, I'll watch it, and I'll let you know. I will try to mask my disappointment. I, I may enjoy it, or I may be able to tell you this is what went wrong. It's like I wanted to like The Hobbit so much. I'm a Tolkien fanatic, well, but it, I saw where it went wrong. Oh, yeah. Me and too. I thought, you know, if we can cut these parts out, it's like Tom Bombadil in Lord of the Rings. Just cut it out. you got a great story. <laughs> but I like Tom. You like Tom Bombadil? I liked it. That was 30 pages of hippie. Yeah, but I, the only reason I liked it because it was just more world building. That's the only reason I liked it. Yeah. Was it completely necessary? No. Not necessarily. But he was an interesting character. He, there you go. Tom Bombadil and Goldberry. Well, no, that was the argument in uh, Beauty and the Beast because one of the two things they changed or one of the two things that were like the based off the story and then based off the, the reenactment with Emma Watson – was were the age of the beast because mm-hmm. I know that was kind of we discussed that a little bit. That's where, always been in my <laughs> well because because in the movie in the newest movie they made him an adult when he turned into a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got rid of the whole twenty first birthday thing. So, but in the original tale, he was a young kid. He was eleven years old, and so basically, well, see, to me, I like that more because in my mind, he had ten years later, so he's twenty one, but then he ta- self taught everything. But what kind of horrible enchantress woman would turn a a kid into a beast and everyone else in in the castle? I thought it was because because she's a brat. Because she could read his heart and his heart was eat bad. I thought that was the whole thing. He was 11. Yeah, but like, you know. Actually, he was 10 because. In the fairy tale world, we're talking about a witch. So she can see through past the age. She's like. She's the bad guy in this. I'm telling you. She she could see the heart of evil. And she's like, you're going to have a chance to redeem yourself. Here you go. You're going to turn you into a beast. And the only way you can come back is if you change. Just send him to military academy. Well, that's what it was. You're not not with everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of unfair. <laughs> that was cold, man. Yeah, I want to know who this well, that's devotion. is. That's devotion to your king right there. They didn't have a choice. What are they going to do? Run you know, run away on their as a plate and a candlestick? Yeah. the movie. <laughs> Honey, it's me. I'm home. I'm a candlestick now. No. That movie's horrible. <laughs> You're listening to Morning's Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after a couple messages. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net 
or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star, 1020 here on IRLoneStar.com. We got till 11 o'clock today. Hanging out in the studio, 936-647-3776. Bumper music by David Bowie. Life on Mars. We're talking about Elon Musk. Talking about in our lifetime going to Mars. You know, I'm going to propose this question to you to you folks. Would you go to Mars? Would you sign a piece of paper right now and uh, ride the bull to Mars and never knowing to return? Um, me right now, no, because I have to get married first, and then maybe if it doesn't work out, going to Mars. <laughs> Just kidding, I love you, Break up with a sticky note. Sorry it's not working. Off to Mars. Feed the cat. Yeah, don't forget to feed the don't cat. Don't forget to feed the cat. <laughs> That's pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised now. I'll bet you I can tell you what the next remake is going to be. You talking about movies? Yeah, movies okay. and or TV, uh, The Martian Chronicles. Okay. Ray Bradbury, over many oh, yeah. years, wrote this series of short stories, magazine articles, and even books, uh, originally called, uh, in an anthology called The Silver Locust, but eventually became The Martian Chronicles. And in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, uh, turned into a miniseries, which for what it was at the time was not bad. They actually put it into a cohesive um story structure because the, the 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 writings were all over the map he, you know he'd write something like 20 years later about something that happened um to an incidental character and so the miniseries is actually pretty good i remember uh, back when my blockbuster uh, you know delivery days when you, they del- mail you the discs and stuff i rewatched it not bad fritz weaver was in it uh, a couple of other big 70s stars and I'll bet you with well, Mars oh, on the horizon, that it's going to be the next. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I remake. think a lot of the things that people are putting money behind, it's it's changing in the Hollywood world. Because, I mean, there's that's another world of not just saying, like, the political side, but, you know, people who actually put up the money. Mm-hmm. Like, Disney put up $100 million-plus for Wrinkle in Time. And, and I mean, what they should have done is sold it to one of those Christian-based filmmaking companies that are doing, like, bulletproof, or yeah. not bulletproof, a fireproof and stuff, and let them do it. For the audience, you know, make fifty million out of it, and sell it to the rights, and give it to a producer and a writer and a director who knows the audience. Yes, well, I mean that's when you take the core of any any what am I trying to say? Any adaptation, like you got to stick with it mm-hmm. somewhat. Like you know, you can write out a character not as important just because of time, because you're you're restricted with time. But then again, like the Hobbit, he had unlimited time. He could have made ten movies if you really wanted to get like his vision out. I th- my theory behind that is he didn't want to do it. That's my theory. Well, yeah, because Del Toro was the original director, yeah. and he bonked out. So, and I think Jackson, because it took a lot out of all of them. You know, the the, the gave up ten years of their lives to do Lord of the Rings, and I know they all were like, okay, if I never, have, I love New Zealand, but if I never have to go back, it'll be too soon. And so we had to hop right back into it. And I think there's, I think you're right. There was some world weariness in there. He's like. Okay, I did three movies last time. Let's do three movies this time. And uh, now I hear that they're seriously contemplating giving him the Silmarillion to do 
And if you yeah, don't know does, that, does that's anybody like, want to see that? I don't know. You'd have to be pretty hardcore. For those who don't know, Silmarillion is basically Tolkien's version of the Bible, meaning, you know, from, in fact, the first words in it, in the beginning, there was the one, is the first words of the, God, I'm such a geek. But um, no one wants to see that. I think it gives the whole history see, of everybody. I know, but I feel like that's a false. Like basically, the producer's like, "Hey, just imagine the poster. It says, brought to you by the Lord of the Rings director. Sold. We just see need, how we, the we see the Tom world Cruise. at the yeah. We, right. we need a we need a headliner. I mean, like, for some reason, they still work. They still believe that brings people to the movie theater, which I think it works for some actors, like The Rock. Mm-hmm. I think that works incredible. Like that movie, Skyscraper. That movie's gonna be so bad, but people are still gonna go see it. Oh yeah. That'll be number one for the weekend. Yeah, and then that's it because he doesn't have a leg. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm I'm not kidding you about my theory on that movie. So I told you I told you my theory of why is the, yeah remind their listeners though. Well, because they're basically when The Rock receives thousands of scripts, he goes, "Man, this looks like an action-packed, fun movie." But my only stipulation is, I want to I I get confused when I'm on all different movie sets because he does like two to three movies at a time. How about make this one where I don't have a leg, so I know what kind of <laughs> character I am. Like, Walk on to that. Like, Do I have a leg today or not? No. Okay. Oh, I'm not doing movie. that movie. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing skyscraper. That's right. That's right. I always forget. Always forget that. It's like Bill Murray during Groundhog Day. All he every morning he just when he go on set he does Carol Dramas for the day. Am I happy Phil or jerky Phil? They use different words. Well, I mean, think but, about being the the stage manager. What do you even call it? Doing that. Doing doing the scheduling. How do we make this movie <laughs> and piece it together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The editor. Good lord. That uh, that's a tough job. But yeah, I will go see Wrinkle in Time. I'll report back on it. That's I'm excited about it. Uh, local stuff that happened though. So we're recovering from elections. Uh, uh, those who are a couple yes. of runoffs are happening uh, in uh, May. So people are girding for battle there. Uh, some of those who have been, you know, incumbents who won't be the incumbent anymore. I guess they'll be starting into a transition period soon because uh, this will happen in November. We got Conroe City Council elections happening May fifth. I believe Tuesday, May fifth, or thereabouts, um, May twenty second for the runoffs. If there are any runoffs of Conroe, that'll be in like June or July, and then we have one more, and then the general in November. So lots of stuff happening. Don't forget, just uh, the primaries are done, but a lot of uh, there will be a lot of contested battles in November. Republicans versus Democrats, maybe a couple of libertarians thrown in there too. So it ain't over yet, and it's actually more important to vote in, in a runoff or a, a general. Now, can I get registered between now and yes. then and vote in the runoff yes. and vote? Because a runoff is— Runoff I'm not sure about. Yeah, but, that's what I was wondering because it's still part of the Republican, Democratic, or whatever. Right, that runoff, but for the—maybe uh, for Conroe. Uh, yeah, but you had to be in Conroe, right? You have right. to be a Conroe resident. You have to be a Conroe resident. You have to be within the municipality. For instance, my neighborhood— so is inside the woodlands, but it's this little pocket of, of a different um, uh, uh, area called Timberlake Timber Ridge. And so I have – actually, when I voted there one time, it was literally on paper with the, with the lockbox. You know, I got a question for that because you're in – that's the spring area, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I grew up in spring, and I never and, – and unless it was my age difference between then and now, like I – the politics here are very involving in the community, I would say. Like, you know, in the – it dominates the newspapers. It – Basically, people are talking about them. Get, get out and vote. There's 93 precincts or something like that. 90, 97. 97. 97. Now. And now in the spring area, do they even have 
the same idea. You didn't have a city council in spring. Well, I have no idea what spring, how spring is the works. city. The Woodlands is an unincorporated. No, I understand how the Woodlands. I don't know how the Woodlands works. I'm but, talking about spring. Like yeah. I never really got. Is there even a, is there even a government there? Spring City Council, yeah. So there is that. Mm-hmm. They do have that. Okay. See, I didn't even know. I don't. I don't know where. I know they have a couple judges, but that could be a municipal council. A spring actually could be annexed. Uh, I, I don't think they are annexed. So they are a, a separate city, uh, or municipality at the very least. So, but the the fervor on it is just not there. You know, Montgomery County. I got to tell you, it, it's a uh, a politics is 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 a bread and butter topic. Uh, when it's election season, people you know battle lines are drawn. Here. Yeah, here in Montgomery County. Montgomery County, yes. So uh, we are in the downtime between that, but it's about to kick up. Uh, we are recovering. From the Rising Stars and Legends of Texas, uh, uh, downtown Conroe, the, the Greater Conroe Arts Alliance put on this week-long event that was uh, fantastic. I was actually here over the weekend and saw things happening at Founders Plaza. Had uh, uh, The stage was filled with, with students playing music, and there, there was art. And if you go over to the Owen Theater, uh, Founders Plaza next door to it, uh, there's sidewalk chalk everywhere. You know, A lot of designs were done. Very artistic, and I was very heartened to see a lot of people there supporting, not just the parents of the kids playing on the stage, but actual you know members of the community. Very happy about that. Um, the uh, over at the Owen Theater, the play still going on, the musical 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Uh, great opening weekend. I'm going to be watching it this this weekend. Dick, you can go see it. You want to go with me? Maybe. 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 Talking to want to go with me to see uh, Wrinkle in Time. The only thing I, it, it was stinks is with my significant other being so far away. Mm-hmm. I have to basically write out two days out of the week every week of dedicating time to her. Aww. But when when we when she moves up here, it'll be a completely different story. Cool. I get you back. So that's what she tells me. But who that? <laughs> Good luck with that. So uh, so we did have Rising Stars and Legends, Texas. We do have. Uh, Spelling Bee, still going on, great musical. Uh, in a few weeks, we'll be opening uh, mid-April at the Crichton Theater, The Elephant Man. Have you ever seen that on stage or film? No. Okay, well, people, a lot of people see the film. It's black and white, you know, John Hurt. I'm not an animal, I'm a human being, I'm a man, which actually is not in the play. But, uh, you know, Mel Brooks actually produced The Elephant Man. He loved the story so much. Uh, but a great cast. Uh, I know the cast, I know the director like to get them on the air here because really good story that's happening mid-april but all before then on march 24th saturday we want to talk about this it's the third annual downtown conroe shakespeare festival what's that you say shakespeare festival yeah it's the third annual we've had it last two years i uh, got it uh, all day long from 9 a.m to 6 p.m on saturday march 24th this festival is covered in my favorite color free to attend is free. There will be stuff on stage pretty much all day long, performances, characters, demonstrations, lots of vendor booths, uh, food trucks, you name it, wandering characters, hopefully some live music, and it's going to be a ball. Again, did I mention free? Thought I'd throw that out there. All right. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that for there now. There you go. You're I'll listen- come back to well, it. We're going to take a extended break. I hope you enjoy this special song for you guys. You're listening to Morgan's Lone Star here at IRLoneStar.com. Lemons on sale again. 
For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to Mornings Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. Closing out the today's show, brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, Conroe Coffee, and of course, Centurion Wealth Advisors. Right now, it's still 51 degrees outside with 1% chance of rain. It's going to be a chilly day today. 61 or 64 is going to be the high, low tonight, 42. We do expect rain coming later in the weekend. Uh, yeah, and I know it, it rained a little bit over the weekend, a little bit, like in the mornings and the afternoons and stuff like that, scattered throughout yeah, the area. Yeah, I was surprised. I uh, left the room and uh, at one point yesterday, and there was wet ground, and I had not anticipated Oh, my God. That. <laughs> I just imagine you go outside. What is this stuff falling from the oh, sky? Hey, speaking of remakes and stuff, I wanted to get your opinion. Like, I did, I personally didn't enjoy Mary Poppins, but I know it's a beloved series by a lot of folks. Oh, the original so Julie Andrews. Yes. So during the Oscars, they did like a teaser with mm-hmm. Emily Blunt. It's and, and you can educate me on this side. Is there a sequel to the? Is there a book based off Mary Poppins? Is that why it was made, or was this like? completely original i, think, I don't I know the history there was of a Poppins. book called return to neverland but i don't think it was to that the darlings to, that has nothing to do with mary Poppins. Oh, it's peter pan uh, peter i'm uh, sorry you were absolutely right i i had peter pan in my head for some reason as you were saying mary poppins i don't think she did because remember the entire mary poppins book and there there's a movie i haven't seen but i know the story behind it when walt disney wanted to to buy the rights to the book the lady who wrote it mary poppins is not a nice lady she's no, I, that's what, like, when I watched it with my buddies, like, one of my buddies is, like, favorite movies when he's growing up. And I was like, and I guess it's since I didn't see it as a child, I was like, man, this woman's a, you know, a B. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how anyone could, I mean, I get it that we need some stern teaching. But in the younger. book, it's even worse. She I, has no sense of humor. She has no sweetness. They don't sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, I did it. Um, so it is a book. Yes. Now, is there a sequel? I don't. I don't think she ever wrote a sequel to it. Uh, because what happened was Disney changed the character so much it was like a different character. Just the name was the same, and the, and the uh, sense of possible magic. Taking care of kids and flying in from a yeah, but umbrella. yeah, the whole song and dance and, and everything that was not in the original at all, and in, in the book. So the sequel is pure Disney, where Mary Poppins returns with the let's sing some more songs. That is not from the lady who wrote the original. And now as a quick segue, what I was thinking about. Uh, there were sequels to Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan, but not, I think, to Mary Poppins. I'm not. I'm not racing. I don't. I don't think this musical is this, this new movie is going to do well beyond like a weekend or two. It's good for the families, but I don't know. Disney's now trying to bring back the live action, and just you know, and it's not a flat out remake of a cartoon. So well, I'm I, trying to. I can't totally. I try to it. picture the round table we keep talking about with the producers. And clearly they have, like, we need to make this much money this year. 
and there's guarantees and then there's risks. And you know, you know, in the Hollywood world, there's always that story of the director. Oh, he's got to make these two blockbuster movies to make that one independent movie they've always wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine being Disney and not having more risks because if you think about the cultivation of of fans they did in the '90s with their new Disney movies, or maybe the late '80s too. Like think about when The Little Mermaid came out, when Lion King, Aladdin. I mean, those three movies are like just ingrained in that age group that mm-hmm. went to go see those movies and it's almost like they don't want to risk doing anything different outside of Pixar because Pixar's creative team is so creative in their own regard but like you can't remake a you think they're ever going to do a Toy Story live version well only in the little kids concert venues like with the wiggles <laughs> well i know but i'm just I, yeah. i'm thinking about like you know what, what are they doing as a brand as a company like hey we got to create these original ips to really create something 20 years from now because what are we going to depend on 20 years from now and it's similar to like the the video game world if you know what super mario is it's crazy because nintendo keeps coming out with the same super mario but somehow somehow they create a cool version of it. I don't mm-hmm. know how they do it. I don't know if you really follow video games. Or, 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 like I don't know how long you do it, but every time Nintendo comes out with a new system, they're going to be like, hey, we're going to make one to three versions of Mario every time they come out with a new Nintendo. And it's like it is expected, but yet they still somehow create a fun game. And so there's a good way. There's, that means it's possible to recreate a fun experience we've had when we were younger. Like make Aladdin. We can recreate Aladdin somehow where we're enjoying it. Because I think... The 2015 Cinderella did all right. It was received okay mm-hmm. by the fans of Cinderella. Yeah, the, the, those. Uh, I'm not saying it's uh, the live actions are altogether bad. Uh, bad idea. Here's my biggest problem with the live Beauty and the Beast was first off, the, the Beast should have been practical. I hated the CGI on the Beast. I, I wanted it to be just like well, the, the stage think, version. Do you think that decision was because they didn't have faith in? Yeah, it was the lazy. execution. Like, I think it was lazy. Hire someone to do great prosthetics. Well, it's kind of like if you did a production review of the remake of The Thing, that was like one of the biggest arguments. Well, I don't know if you ever saw the remake. No. But they, uh, if you didn't know the backstory to it, they were making all practical effects. Mm-hmm. They were going to remake it with uh, – the, the, I'm not talking about the Kurt Russell version. I'm talking yeah. about the newest one. And they were going to make it's practical effects. sort of effects. the prequel. They, the they, events leading up to the Kurt Russell they, one. Yeah, they, they put in money to make practical effects. Even I think it was Weta who did Lord of the Rings did the special effects for it. They made incredible-looking prosthetics. But then 75% of the movie was done, and all of a sudden the producers go, no, 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 we need, we need no practical effects. It needs to be all CGI. And then due to that, it hurt the film. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, I, I thought it would just turn into another scary, stupid movie. And it wasn't like the iconic thing where it was gross and it was crazy. Those those chintzy puppets scared the it's snot still, out of me. They still do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's... it's it's the same idea concept behind these remakes and I mean they even talk about the Jungle Book remake where they kind of took the realism factor to it not more of the cartoonish we're always slipping and sliding everywhere Mm -hmm. they kind of had a couple scenes like that but you know they they did take the realism perspective of it and and they executed it really well but I also think they had talented cast and director with that movie yeah Beauty and the Beast Between the Beast and casting Hermione you know Emily Granger because as you said I loved Beauty and the Beast because my daughter was very young. You, you know, uh, I was younger, so I grew up with it. So to put Emily Watson in, who my first encounter with Emily Watson was as a 10-year-old, 
Which is why, like, I can never look at Drew Barrymore as an adult, yeah, as a she's woman. She's the fire starter. Yeah, she's a fire starter. She was an ET, you know, so it just makes me feel icky. And same thing with Emma Watson. She's like this beautiful creature. That, and it's like, no, this is little dinky Hermione, this little girl. No, they should have gotten a, a, an older, I'm not saying old, old, but, you know, someone who's older than, what, 19 um, to play to play Belle. Well, you know, the, the joke was the scene that, you know, they added up a couple of scenes that were unique to the live action. The scene where Gaston uh, ties up the dad. They they claim, the, the joke is they made that scene in retrospect because after they filmed the movie, they realized Gaston's the good guy. And, like, he didn't do anything yet that was, like, what turns you to, like, hate him. Or, like, I, you know, if that makes that's sense. That's what I'm saying. He gets killed and people cheered at the end of the cartoon. It's like, okay, so he's a poopy head, but... I don't think he deserves to get impaled on a on a spike on a castle parapet. Let the punishment fit the crime, people. Jeez. But they, you know, they're coming out with Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Will Smith's the genie. That's real. That's a real thing. I'm just letting people know. I that. Ready can Player see One that happening. Ready Player One's coming out. That's gonna be one of the start of the summer blockbusters, or mm-hmm. more of the what do you call it? Because it's spring breaks right now, so it's like we're halfway through the school, the rest of the school year. Yeah, the the mid year surge. Uh, yeah. What's uh the solo? Isn't solo coming out soon? Yes. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. I think I may actually enjoy that one. It may be different enough. Maybe. Maybe. What are your thoughts on it? Uh I think the the thing same thing with Disney. Like they're they they have the wrong people in charge of stuff. And it's it's kind of evident when you see the criticisms that are consistent throughout the levels so like you have the critics and then you have the hardcore fan critics and then you have the, the general moviegoer there's like especially with the new two new star wars movies if you ask like those three populations most of them kind of agree that it was kind of a boring movie or like it wasn't a good movie yeah it was it was uh i have to agree with that i, th- I think things happened in um the latest one not force awakens uh the last jedi thank you last jedi that can't unfortunately can't be undone now I did hear that J.J. Abrams is like full tilt back on board to kind of rectify the problems because it's like every setup in the first movie, you know, Captain Phasma dead, Luke Skywalker's back, going to the Force for some reason, becoming a Force ghost. Uh, Jedi books, you, you know, they just set up and raise parents. All these things happen, and we're totally. I, I was underwhelmed. I hate to say it. I'm hoping that the third movie brings it back, but apparently J.J. Abrams is having to come into to like kind of fix it because to put, as you said, to put the entire movie in the hands of someone who wasn't a proven, didn't have the pedigree. Well, for it's a Star one of those. It's one of those situations where you, if you put it in someone's hands, like let's have a well thought out plan here. So because didn't they give him like another two movies or yeah, something? Yeah, he's doing the second one too. But I mean, I'm more of if we're gonna make Star Wars, we're gonna make it a trilogy, a new trilogy. Let's have everything be the same. Like characters and you know scenes and you know that's what that's why I really liked the original three where it all kind of played in the same world mm-hmm. and you kind of saw you saw Lando a couple times and you saw a couple of the old characters a couple times like the general and things like that so it's all in the same concept but this one it seems like the first like the the, the what is it Last Jedi was completely different from yeah it, it, and in a sense of agreed. like well in a sense of you know the rebellion I didn't really get why the rebellion didn't seem effective after uh the man i can't, I can't even name them now it's like there's too many 
<laughs> was it, there's one. the Last Jedi, and then the, what was it? Uh, uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So like the timeline between Force Awakens and the, the Last Jedi, I was like, well, wait a second, didn't they win? Didn't they blow up the moon or whatever again? Like, why is it so small? Why is the rebellion still, <laughs> you know, the size of the warehouse? And literally getting the rebellion down to twelve people at the end. Yeah, that's just. I just didn't. That's hardcore. I, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But uh, you know, we gotta be wrapping it up today's show. Aww. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, and I hope you guys are doing well. Other things going on this week, we'll kind of talk about throughout the week. If you have an event or if you want to be a special guest, contact the station, 936-647-3776. Outside that, I hope you enjoy your day. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Don't forget we podcast every show. And uh, we'll come up next is going to be the weekly business hour with Rick Schisler. And we have a full lineup today, IRLoneStar.com. So check it out. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Now she walks through her sunken dreams To the seats with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcasts, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.